thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you guys being here. Um, especially with the title of a talk like that, it's like, um, it's a lot of this will be, yeah. So this will be a lot of, uh, not a lot of inspiration, hopefully a lot of perspiration so we can make something happen. One of the commitments I wanted to make, because it's what we really try to do at ARC, is I really want you to be able and worked really hard to have a session that you can go home and literally, you know, start building it out start doing it versus a concept of theory. So um, a couple quick introductions. First of all, my um, incredible bride, Grace, of one year. Grace, Grace is on the team with us, as well as um, Angela and Ken, who are also here off the team, and wanted to introduce uh, Philip Engel, who is really a great leader a great organizational mind. We really, um, he has taken the organizational stuff we do and run with it. And so thank you, Philip, and he helps me run the ministry. Um, so. Oh, stop. <laughs> Just so you know, it's something about Phil Klein. I always like to joke, this is him pumped. <laughs> he is stoked out of his mind right now. Like this is, there is, honestly, I mean it, I know it's a joke, but like there is no better place that he'd like to be right now than uh, his call in life and, and ministry is to raise the lid of leadership in the church. And if we do that, the church will grow. And so um, I know not to steal any of your thunder, but you're honored to be here. We're honored to be here to share. Thank you for letting me help you too. This will yeah, be fun. Thank you. Um, and really in all seriousness, it's the number one question whether out working with churches it's the first thing that get asked is like how do I do my organization how do I build a structure that's successful so I'm excited about that I want to ask real quick because I'd love to know kind of who I'm talking to and I can't meet each one of you personally or hear your story I would love to seriously we could do that after the session but uh, um, so a couple quick hand raises um, lead pastors any lead pastors in the room all right great Thank you. Um, how about uh, staff? So whether it be lead staff or staff in general. Wow, that's great. Um, how about from kind of the CFO operations side of the house? Okay, cool. How about volunteers? That's amazing. That's amazing. That's amazing. So let me frame the discussion we're going to have. It's always good to know where you're going so you can tell whether you got there or not. So. Um, let's frame the discussion. So our goal is really just setting a structure that enables you to, um, that enables sustainable growth. So uh, healthy things grow. Pastor Chris always says healthy things grow. So if you build a structure that fosters, we always say um, leadership is about relationships and results. So it's like, it's great to have relationships. You also need to have results and you want a structure sets up a framework so people know what those relationships are, how they get connected, who does what and how that gets done, and how we relate to each other. So um, that's our goal. Here's the process. So, so here's where it gets up. Uh, there's a lot of P's in this, right? So it's Phil and Philip. I'm going to do principles. He's going to do um, the practical, right? So I'll do principle, because again, I want this to be something where we're literally going to build this out before we get done, right. real time. And you can go home and, and fill out all the blanks, but we want to give you the framework. So I'm essentially going to do the front side, he'll do the back side of each one of the, we have five design principles 
um, to, to develop a sustainable and scalable organization. And we're going to go through those. So, um, so our, our, again, our process, principle, practical. Um, a couple questions um, to determine whether you need this or not, because right, you should have expectations and say, you know, do I need this, do I not need this? So the two questions are, the first one, is your current structure producing the results you're looking for? Right, so is your current structure producing the results you're looking for? If it's not, it's good that you're here. Blink once if that's true. <laughs> no, you don't need a head nods because you, you might be here tell, with your team. This isn't to tell your neighbor. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Tell your neighbor right. it's not producing the results of it. Yeah, touch your neighbor. Number two is, is your current structure scalable for future growth or is it a product of filling your immediate needs with who's immediately available? Those are two very different things. Hey, are we scaling it for future growth or am I just filling it because we... We had a hundred more people over the last six months and I need a staff person because what I'm currently carrying is just too heavy. There's there's very different approach to it. And that hopefully what we'll do is a high level perspective to say, hey, let's grow into something because that's what makes it scalable. Is that you have the end in mind and you work towards that end. Yeah. So number two, is your current structure scalable for future growth or is it a product of filling your immediate needs with who is immediately available? I'm trying to be polite here, but it's a little convicting for some of us, right? Trying to be polite. What would you really say? <laughs> so um, we'll do, we're going to go through this pretty quickly because we want to leave plenty of room for questions so we can straighten out anything that we said that wasn't clear or if you have a challenge and I'm being very serious like if you have a challenge to something we said we would love to talk about that because there's probably incredible um, many of you could probably be leading this teaching this you know we really are a product I am a product we are a product focus 412 is a product of um, learning from a bunch of great people. We have been taught by every church that we've ever worked with, right? So that's part of this, is we learn and we're just, you know, we're just curating ideas that we know work because we've seen them work. We know that they're biblical, so we, and biblical things work, and guess what? Biblical things keep working as long as you stay to it. So we've got five design principles for a sustainable and scalable leadership structure. Are we ready? Let's do it. All right. They're ready. So now the we're, anticipation, I feel right. it in the room. All right. So we're going to kick it into drive. So, <laughs> so the first design principle is designed based on who you are and your leadership strengths. And again, you guys are going to laugh because some of this stuff is so basic, but my, my response is always like, if it's so basic, why are we not doing it? Right? Right? And I'm here to encourage you. I'm not here, I'm not here to, to, uh, these are all things that we've all had a lot of hard lessons to learn. But So if you design based on who you are, people ask me, you know, should I have one executive pastor and then, you know, the whole team reports to the executive pastor? Or should I have, how many people should I have in my lead team? Should I have four or five people on my lead team? Should I have nine people on my, Pastor Chris has, you know, like a whole bunch of people um, on his lead team. And I always say, well, that depends, which often angers people because I'm supposed to have the answers. But the real answer is, who are you? Right? Who are you? You know, are you somebody who gets super excited about going into your staff meeting and developing the people that report directly to you? And again, I don't want to, 
you're always going to have the responsibility of developing the people working, but is that something you like pop out of bed and go, I can't wait to develop some specific developmental plan for each one of my people? If that's you and you're, let's just use I, this word, isn't my favorite, but if you're highly administrative, if you're an operations kind of person versus, let's say, more on the creative or vision and vision side, you know, then that will dictate a lot of this. So part of the process, really with life, but it applies to this and many other things, is figuring out who you are, you know, because you just can't put somebody else's shoes on and expect it's going to work. Because we, I, I endlessly hear about, I just got back from XYZ Church and I'm going to reorg my team because what they're doing is working and this is how they're structured. I'm like, yeah, but you're not Bob Smith or, or Sarah Jones, whoever's leading the church, right? You're you. So that's the concept. Yeah, I think often, oftentimes you, you ask yourself, and this is the problem you wrestle with, is how do I know which model's best for me? And so by really beginning to explore and to say, okay, so how has God designed me? And how has God designed me to work through other people? Because that's a basic principle that's not going to change. You work through one, you work through a few, or you work through a, a few more. Okay? You don't want to get too spread, and we'll talk about why that's a challenge th throughout. But what we would say is a good rule of thumb is between three and four. You, it's, it's easier as you look and you say, okay, I'm going to invest in a team versus then in one individual because the team begins to understand and not just do what you ask them to do, but think the way that you think. And the more they can think the way you think, the more they can begin to push that thinking down. The more you develop them as leaders, the more they're equipped to develop leaders underneath them. And so we would say, okay, here's the practical piece. As we come in, and, and we're not trying to prescribe anything, this will build on, on, on itself, and we would love to have the discussion, even if it's afterwards, to say, okay, well, my, mine's unique. I, I would actually say that there's a few components that are pretty consistent because we're in the same realm. We're all reaching people and we're using similar methods to do that and so the four the three or four things we'll show you right here is to have somebody who's over operations somebody who's over programming so that's anything that happens on the weekend in the auditorium um, and then on the ministry side of things this is scalable okay this is sustainable and we'll begin to explain why these three as we go on and you might be thinking here what i'm i'm multi-site the beauty of this is you don't have to reorg when you go multi-site you actually add a fourth arm that's campus development or expansion or whatever you want to call it you can call these things anything you want but the basic functions of those three stay the same that's what becomes scalable we'll keep keep working through it it'll make a little bit more sense here in a second if it doesn't already Yep. All right. Moving right along. So the second design principle is design around the position, not the person. Woo. So, Woo. so designing around the position is there are certain functions that need to be done. And you don't want to, if you design around the person, if I, I'm awesome at outreach, I'm awesome at creating videos, and I'm awesome at children's ministry, those things may or may not go together. It's a funny story, I was working with somebody recently and it's like we were talking about replacing someone and it's like, what did they do? Well, they were, this is a serious story. They were head of outreach and they were our pilot. And I'm like, 
outreach and pilot. I'm not sure we can put an ad in the paper for somebody or I guess a, you don't put an ad in the paper <laughs> yeah. anymore, do you? Sorry. Age alert, age alert, age alert. And the paper. Where yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Church seeking pilot and outreach anyways, coordinator. Anyways, so um, the point is oftentimes you have people that have multiple skills. You say, what can they do or what do you want to do? And we let people either design their own position, if you will, which, you know, for today, if today never, never changed, that probably wouldn't be a bad thing to do. But uh, take it from somebody who's scaled a lot of organizations, whether it be in the church or, or outside, when you do a multi-site or even growing in one location, there's going to be a lot of people that need to do a lot of things. So you have to hire leaders that lead leaders that lead teams of leaders, right? First of all, so... Say that again. I think that you just slip that in there. It's, it's important to say, hey, hire for the place and not the position. Okay, I know we say here, design around the position, not a person, but hire for the place, your house. They, they're loyal, they're committed, they want to see your mission come to fruition. They're, they're like giving a part of themselves to see that happen. Therefore, the role that they play within that can change because they're called to your house. And if they're leaders, leading leaders that lead teams of leaders, they can do that in any role. They should be able to do that in any role. Now, you want them to be passionate about kids, if they're in the kids, but recognize they're leading adults that are leading teams of adults that are leading kids, students. They should be leading adults that are leading teams of adults that are leading kids, groups. I can keep going for time. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, I want to make sure that we, we hit the, sec the second slide, though, because some, sometimes you'll have somebody who leaves your ministry and it leaves it looking like Swiss cheese, right? That's what we were just talking about. You're like, the guy has a background in finance. He loves outreach, but he's also over ushers. How can I find that guy? And it's like, you don't find that guy, but you shouldn't have that guy. Or gal. Or gal. I'm just talking about the guys right now. I'm not there yet. <laughs> so instead, what we say as we're designing around the position, not a person, we're now saying, hey, we want to be intentional about where we're headed. These align with each other. Then we talk about operations. It's more on the administrative side. It's more of the logistical side, the finance, the facilities, the, the, the HR. Again, these aren't saying these are all staff, but you're identifying people who are carrying these roles, even in a volunteer capacity, a dream team capacity. Worship, production, creative, somebody who's over the entire programming. And then again, ministries, they're saying, hey, I'm leading the charge on what we're going to do, what we're going to be about, our strategy for ministry in each of those areas. And because I'm leading leaders that are leading teams of leaders, it's transferable. Yeah. And it doesn't, none of this stuff, I want to be careful to say, you know, this is from when you've got three paid people on staff or one paid person and everybody else is volunteer. If you've got seven total people, if you have 700, it's all the same stuff. So I think sometimes we jump right to, you know, leaders, leading leaders, leading leaders. Even if you have volunteers, you need to set up a structure. You know, it can't be one big flat organization. Even if you have one person on staff, you might have 150 volunteers. You can't have 150 people reporting to one person, right? So I just want to make sure you understand it's not for all that's for when I have 300 people on staff, if you will. Um, so, um, you want to go? Yeah. Three? Yeah. 
I feel like we're moving too fast. Usually, I have, by now, I've digressed into something, and I'm off, you know, like, um, so I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Let's keep, let's keep the wheels on. Let's keep the wheels on. Let's just talk about yeah, yeah, how yeah. I digress. This is so good. Let's right. digress about how we digress. So um, the third design principle is designed for the future and adapt for the present. This is probably one of the toughest concepts, because I'm good. I'm good. I'm good for today. This is functioning. Things are great. Um, the problem is today is gone tomorrow, and tomorrow's here, and you have different um, different needs, different things happening. You're hopefully growing, starting to scale. You need to determine your trajectory up front and design where you're going to be. And I really labored over this because I, when you're when when we're out working with people, working with specific people, and it's like I think we need to design for this level, which. Take, a, take your pick, like it's 12 months or 18 months out. You know, pick a future date. So I always say design for the future. So when I'm speaking here, I've got to say, how long is that? And what I picked was a year. I feel like a year is a good increment, and it might be less than that. So think about this. Trajectory is this, right? So I want to, you, want to, you don't want to say, like, I'm at this number now, and I think I'll be at this number at the end of the year. You want to know what's my current trajectory based on the last... Two years, three years, four years, five years, what's my trajectory, right? So if you draw that trajectory out and say every year I'm growing by 5%, then design for 5% greater back into that of how many people would that be if you have a healthy staff ratio, and then say I'm going to design and be shooting for, because by the time you groom leaders, you if you're hiring someone, you hire them, there's a you know, cycle that takes them before you know it, you're there and you've got last year's org chart and so you're sticking someone in it. Yeah, I think the idea again is you want to grow into it. And so what that means is that you fit what you have into where you want to be versus just designing where you are and, and trying to, to go there, right? So, so you have a current plan and then you've as you're adapting and designing the future plan, let's just say the master plan, now you have this, pro this process of moving into it. And you see these little plus ones, we'll call this the plus one principle. So, and this is maybe the problem you're wrestling with. Every time I reorganize, uh, then, then I experience growth or I add a staff, I have to reorganize, right? It's like I can never stay ahead. Something happens the minute I get a working uh, structure, something else derails it. And so what we're saying is, hey, build for where you're going and begin to fit into that. You see these plus ones, this is the plus one principle. It's this idea that everybody's gonna be carrying something else in the organization. Ideally, it's only one, okay? Some of you in here are like, I'm plus four, get me out of this thing, you know? Like, I'd say raise up some leaders that can lead leaders that lead teams of leaders. Get me oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's right. <laughs> um, so the idea here is to say, hey, I'm going to build this even though we maybe not, don't have an HR, we don't have a facilities, or we're not necessarily uh, to the point where we can really do outreach the level that we want. So my plus one as a ministries director, an executive pastor over ministries is I'm going to step in and that's going to be my plus one. And you see how that trickles down, though, too. So somebody who's in kids may not have somebody who's over one of the experience. They need an experience coordinator. They're going to step down, and that's going to be their plus one for a season. But it's for a season. They have to mentally understand and recognize my job is not here. My job is up here. 
And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to fill this role while looking for somebody to replace myself so I can do what only I can do, and that's leading leaders that leads teams of leaders versus leading teams of leaders. So that's a plus one principle. So I would take it, it would be really helpful, practical within your ministry to, as you plot this to say who's running at a plus one, plus two, plus three, and then also those pluses, how many layers deep are they? And we're going to talk about layers. Right now. Right now? Right now. We're not going too fast. No, we're good. Okay. We're a lot of Q&A time. Okay. <laughs> uh, so number four is design with a desire to go deep, right? So design with a... So when you go deep, you're adding people under someone else versus the temptation is to go wide, meaning... Um, and quite a few years ago, um, there were, all the rage was what we call flat organizational structures, you know, teams. They're just, we're just going to have a bunch of teams and nobody's the leader, we just have teams. And I'm not mocking that, it's, it is a thing to do actually a little bit kind of Silicon Valley and some people still do versions of that. Again, it's, if you think that's the best thing for you, you can do it. If you're scaling something, typically that be, can become problematic because as you... Again, as you add people, you have someone who is running a function, and you're going to have people that have roles in that function. If you start spreading out and every function becomes a new lane in the highway, if you will, pretty soon you're leading something that's very wide and very unmanageable. Um, so things come down and they get real spread out uh, real fast. So fight for simplicity, and simplicity is not making up a new department or a new you know, wing of a new part department, so you're, you know, keep things in um, in alignment. I feel like you talked to this really yeah, well. Yeah, don't go so. to the next slide yet. I'll, I'll kind of prompt you for that one. I don't want to yeah. unveil it. The camera's come out. It's so cool. We will make these available for you guys today so you guys can uh, use them. But I think it's a natural tendency as you grow to lean towards complexity. Right? You have more resources, you have more people, you, your, your, your mission or the, the demands on you begin to increase. And so as that complexity, as you lean towards complexity, you have to fight for simplicity. You have to say, we need to stay focused and we need to go deep in terms of what we're doing because, and it's primarily because we grow at a natural rate. It, it's like he said, focus on your trajectory it's real easy when you're when you're young to say, "Hey, I've got um, me and my worship leader and admin, and maybe I'm going to bring on a, a groups or a, a youth person. They can report to me." That doesn't make. But then when you get to about five, six, seven, eight, you're like, "Oh, this doesn't make sense. I don't have enough time." Really, development is the first casualty of going wide. Okay. Because I can't spend time developing each individual. Really, I can spend time putting out a fire, putting out a fire, putting out a fire. Oh, yeah, I have to write a sermon. Putting out a fire, putting out a fire. And then by the time That's I'm good. back over here, another fire, right? So the, men, the mindset tends to be, oh, okay, I'm going to hire an executive. And guess what the executive job is? Put out a fire, put out a fire. I'm so glad I don't have to write a sermon. Put out a fire, put out a fire, you know? And by the time they're back around, same deal. You just keep the problem in the organization. You just push it a layer deeper. So now you're saying, okay, what you want to do, and I know we're saying go deep, is you want to scale the depth. And we'll, that's what this next slide will show you here. So you say, man, can one person really truly carry all of those areas of ministry? Well, if we have leaders who are owning 
those areas of ministry and leading through other leaders, you see how they can carry it. I didn't go deeper over there in ministries and say, okay, well, we need to go six people. We still kept it at four. Guess what, though? We bumped it in a bit. We're, we're, we're scaling it as we go to say, okay, instead of saying kids, students, groups, oh man, our guest experience teams are getting so much, we need to create kind of like a campus support. We operate the same way. You know, when you're hospitality, ushers, greeters, uh, parking, and uh, growth track, you begin to say, hey, we need uh, Dream Team Headquarter, and we need uh, security and medic, and, and you start adding them. You don't keep all 10 under the same guest experience director. You move five out, and you create a campus support director. Well, now you have two directors. Maybe we should create an experience pastor or something that oversees those two directors, which could very well be your next campus pastor. <clears throat> so you see this with development in mind, right? So I'm not just trying to go deep uh, in terms of, I'm not going wide, I'm going deep and I'm bumping a few in or I'm adding a few as we're continuing to grow. Everybody always asks us, well, what about events? Uh, events, <coughs> IT, uh, outreach, some of these you can say, okay, is that, a, is that we want to keep it in the ministry lane? Events, are they central events? Uh, are they done at the location level? Think about what am I going to do now or what am I doing now? And if I go multi-site, am I going to do it at all locations? If I am, keep it on the ministry side because we'll talk about how we multiply that out once go multi-site. That's pretty good. We're, we're cooking with gas here. Yeah, okay. Um, so that, yeah, okay, this is a sub point of this one, because I think what we're talking about at this level is we're talking about the staff structure, and we need to make sure that we're as intentional about our volunteer structure on the other half. So, so this is the sub point of four. So four is designed with uh, the desire to go deep. Your sub point is that you have to also define the lane of leadership at each level. And maybe talk to them why. What's that, nav that natural gravitational pull for most leaders? Yeah, so I mean, the natural gravitational pull for leaders is to lead down one level, right? Um, so you're kind of reaching down in one level. It's, um, and it's super important to say not only what are, what are the levels, what are the titles at each level, but each level, if you will, if you're going across the orchard, especially this is so critical in the volunteer, you know, the dream team, whatever you call your your incredible volunteers that come and some of you guys are volunteers um, that come is they have to understand their assignment at a level perspective meaning I may be over guest experience I may be over ushers but at my level if I'm a um, we'll just call it a team lead if I'm a team lead what do, what is the level of all team leads what are they actually doing they're running the plays right so team leads are running the plays. And then let's say you have a position above that that aggregates and that's the coach level. So they, they aggregate up and they, re, they report directly up to a coach. Well, what do coaches do? And the first thing people say is, well, I run the auditorium or I run the parking lot. All the teams on the parking lot report to me. But what is your level? What is your actual role outside of you? There's your level and your lane, if you will. So your, your, your lane is the parking lot. Your level is, if you're a, let's say you're the next level up, you're a director, that's a strategic position, meaning you're thinking about developing people, right? So you're thinking about developing teams, developing people. At the director level, all directors are thinking about development. That's how a pipeline starts to move. So 
So the frontline people running the play, second level leaders in the volunteer ranks, they're doing strategy, meaning what's the best way to park cars in the parking lot. The, the third level is director, and, and these are just generic names. The third level is my job is to develop all of the people in this area of ministry, if you will. Yeah. So we got an example for you guys here. So just to clarify a little bit, at each level of leadership, the lane in which they run is to say that we want a team lead in the parking, parking to operate like a team lead at the same level, in the same lane as a team lead in the kids or in the auditorium. A leader, as a team leader, should operate at this in this lane, regardless of where they operate, before they their role is actually functioning. Because the natural tendency for a team lead is to go down to a volunteer and just do the work versus lead the team, which leaves the coordinator at a level to lead the teams. That's right. And if you have two services and you're on an A and B week rotation, that's four teams. That one leader, which shouldn't be doing, is leading four teams. They're gonna get burnt out. I don't know if anybody's ever experienced it. Okay, yeah, we know what we're talking about. So what we recommend here is saying, hey, define your layers of leadership. So you've got to categorize the layers of leadership. Make them transferable across the board. This is also a, a key, key component in the scalability that we're talking about. Because if kids has uh, room lead and... Uh, Area Jamboree and I don't know. And <laughs> I don't know, but it happens. You've got somebody that calls them coach, somebody calls them coordinator, somebody's a room leader. Some have five layer, layers, others have four. You've got to sync this all up because we're not all talking the same language. You, you literally know you're not talking the same language when you put that on a whiteboard because you're not talking the same language. Therefore, the expectation of each level isn't the same either. And so by having, I call this a one word or one sentence description, I can even sit down with somebody that I see has potential to be a leader and I can say elevator pitch it. When it comes down to it, I see you as potential as a director. Man, that could be, be daunting if I have five areas of ministry under your care, but this is what I want you to do. I just want you to develop the leaders that are over each area of ministry. And those coordinators, I sit down, I said, hey, I can't at three o'clock in the morning, I call these my Camden moments. Camden's my middle child when I was rocking him to sleep. Middle of the night, I remember I'm thinking strategy of parking lot. How do we get people in and out? And then I'm counting to 100. And I'm, please, are you asleep? Please be asleep. But I'm thinking strategy for parking lot. And I'm like, I've got a coordinator who should be thinking that. Who should be waking up at lunchtime, distracted during work, doing aerial shots of, of your parking lot and where the cones go. You've got people who want to do that but help them see that's your level of leadership. That's where you, that's need, you need to be. That's good. Um, there's these great lines uh, over here. Again, we see volunteer staff. Uh, directors can be, again, depending on, on your level, you can pay or not pay. Don't think the expectation of a person, don't, they're willing to rise to the level in which you cast vision for them. They want to win. They want to, to see that as a win. So. Um, you'd be surprised at what people are able to do with the right structure underneath them and the right expectations that you give them. But those great arrows, we don't have anything on them specifically because this is often what happens. We come top down with the how. Here's 
how to do the parking lot. Here's how to do the auditorium. Here's how to do kids. And guess what they ask? Why? The why comes up. Why do we do it this way? Why do we have a value of excellence? Why do the chairs have to be put out? Why do we take chairs away for in between services? Instead, what we want to do is we want to come and give them the why. You know, here's why it's important to have engaging environments. Here's why it's important to build anticipation in the parking lot. Here's why it's important. And guess what they're going to do? They're going to start bringing us the how. Here's how we can build anticipation in the parking lot. I've been thinking about it because you've released them, you've empowered them, and you've equipped them. Okay. So you great, I'm so proud of you. You cleaned that up. I okay, did. You just cleaned, you cleaned it all up. Tag team, go for it. That's awesome. Um, so the last design principle is fill from the top down. Fill from the top down. So why is that so important? Um, you know, if you think about, just think about the natural structure of if, let's say, there's three or four layers of leadership and you're the highest level leader and you've got your team leads are the, are the um, lowest, closest to, the, to your guests. You could have 50, 100 lead, team lead positions. And if you're the leader, if your job is to fill, start at the bottom and fill all those out. So what we always say is like, I'm gonna get those out first, get them all filled in, then I'll hire some leaders to lead those, leaders of those teams. Then when we get that, I get some of them, then I'll hire some people. And I can tell you, if you're leading those 50 or 100 people, you will never fill out the next layer. So if you think of the power of, if you're right now, this is your level on the, on the org structure, on the org chart, the next level leader below you, think of if you hired or drafted or developed, hopefully, that person, what they can do, and then they can fill out the layer below them, and that person can fill out the layer, and it kind of cascades down. Um, way, way, way long time ago, back in the day, I um, was a part of a campus launch, and we it was a, a fairly good-sized campus launch, and we did the upside-down thing and tried to fill all the frontline positions in. And I can just testify, you know, through pain and suffering, that it doesn't work, you know, because you're 8, 10, 12 months into it, and you still haven't filled out the middle layer, let alone the top. Um, and quite frankly, there's probably going to be enough chaos that people are not going to want to step into some imaginary role that you're now creating that's going to aggregate all this stuff that's all out of control. So, um, it's it's very um, it's very important. So bottoms up, you feel the weight and the responsibility instead of if you hire somebody to take the responsibility to then fill out the next layer again top down. And again, you're hiring at the highest level. You're hiring higher capacity. Again, not hiring. You're enlisting high capacity leaders. Do you want somebody who's going to be able to build and fill out and do? all kinds of crazy stuff, or do you want to have somebody who can run a team? Not that that's not an honorable, incredible thing to do, but hire the person that can build it out, then you go to the next layer. Right. You also think logically, it doesn't make sense if I were to work from the bottom up, I'm going to create a team and then hand that team off to somebody. Hey, I've got this great team, it's been functioning, I've been working blood, sweat, and tears for the last six months, they're great, please don't mess it up, versus I think you have potential. That's great. Here's a task. Here's an area of ministry. Can you build a team for that? Think about the ownership. Think about the longevity of that as well. If I build the team, I'm going to stick with that team. And so you can, again, begin to fill 
top down, and that begins to create uh, mo more momentum. Now, I know there's also a, with that though, Sunday comes every, every week. I can't not have a, I know, we know what you're thinking. I can't not have a parking lot, or I can't not have ushers. So where's the tension and the, the resolution to that in terms of, I need an usher team, I don't have an usher coordinator, and my director, thank God he's sitting in, or she is sitting in this session right now. What, what do you do with that? You know, I mean, I think, again, you go back to some of the things we've already said. You know, you may have a, a plus one where you're, you know, managing a team, but you're also, again, you're hiring somebody to backfill in. As long as you come from the top down, I think those problems um, take care of themselves. I don't know. If, I'm not exactly sure what <laughs> he, he, he likes. He prompts me sometimes for things that I don't know what he wants me to say. Oh, that, was a, that was a great, great. I do think you have to understand at a certain point, I'm going to allow quality of experience to dip where my development of leaders rises. Right. You just embrace it. You're in a season of building and restructuring. You just let that, let that dip, and say, okay, we're going to go without, but you're going to put a timeline on, uh, timeline on it. I'm going to ask, as I approach somebody to build a team, I'm going to give them clear expectations. Um, you've got a great quote about um, uh, unclear expectations or, or not unspoken expectations. Maybe yeah, I mean, yeah, that. we have a saying, it's a, really a coaching paradigm. It's uh, unspoken expectations are premeditated resentment, right? So if you had, we, people say, well, I don't, I don't know, I don't really have any expectations right now that I can think of. You have expectations. We have expectations with everything we do, right? If you swing into McDonald's, you have expectations that it, hopefully that it's gonna be fast and cheap, but you know, maybe low expectations, maybe high, but as soon as you have expectations, you don't speak them, you're just setting the clock for the disappointment that happens when somebody doesn't meet those expectations. Um, and the seed of resentment is, I'm, I've disappointed my leader, and I, but I didn't know what the expectation was. If I feel some of us maybe, as we're correcting, aren't always the best at correcting, and so that correction becomes a, I didn't even know the goal was there, and I, I'm just now understanding that I missed it, right? So those, and those seeds of resentment, those miniature offenses or big offenses, eventually over time are the things I always say get in your chest and over, even if you're all in over two, three, four years, or sometimes, you know, four months, it depends on, you know, what's going on, can come back and you can, that's when somebody walks out the door and you go, what, you know, what's going on here? Like that's, we've been best friends for 12 years. We launched this church together. You know, and it's because you're, you know, you haven't set expect verbal, you know, hopefully written expectations of not only of the person specifically, which would be more like goals and where I want you to grow. And I feel like you have great capacity. This is where I want you to be. This is the vision where I see. This is how we're going to get there together. You know, it's like uh, another, I thought this leader was going to really develop. And it's like, did you mention that to them? Did you tell them that you see potential? Did you tell them what that looks like, what the expectation is? But, and again, there's the, the soft side of it. There's the development mindset, culture, and aspect. We're trying to create the stair steps that I know that I can see without you having any, any long conversation with me to know kind of if I'm aspiring to do more for the church, not to take a higher position, but to do more for the church. I know what my 
pattern is, if I find somebody to replace me because I've developed a leader, I know what the next level is. I can start on that on my own, but I also need specific direction if my leader wants me to go in another direction or to get there faster. That's good. I, I want to show you this last um, illustration. This kind of just makes it real real for us here in terms of hiring from or filling from the top down versus the bottom. It's if I'm responsible for four coordinators and those four coordinators are responsible for their 14 leads, that's manageable. That's doable. And I can actually fill the role of 14 leads for a season in order to get a great experience out in the parking lot. It's not sustainable, but it's, this is so that we can be scalable, right? And sustainable. So the right side is often what we see is where you're filling from the bottom up. I can't possibly lead 16 team leads. It's just, it's out of control, especially because they all serve at the same time. So um, in those first and seconds, A and B, that's how we got the four. So it's a f uh, first service, second service, A week, B week, that's what gives you four team leads. Uh, we've seen that just a scalable, sustainable rotation for most, most teams and leaders. Um, I think there's one other thing. Go ahead and head back to 4.1, the, the, the struct, the, the ladder 4.1. Do want to show you that this, this is, this becomes your first mile of the pipeline, once you, of your leadership pipeline, once you get the structure in place. So you gotta fill the leaders first and then you can move people through the pipeline, right? So don't, I would, I would advise, I'm gonna stick on, on my own reputation. I don't know, <laughs> that's not much. Uh, You're on your own. Don't, don't just immediately jump to an internship. Don't just immediately say, hey, we're gonna start a college. Hey, we're gonna do uh, a residency program. Say, hey, build a natural pipeline first and allow from somebody, you already have a first mile, if somebody comes from being an attendee to a volunteer, you've already put them some, through some sort of orientation, growth track, next steps class, you're already helping them understand your culture. So now your next threshold is from going from a volunteer to a leader, what is that threshold? What type of investment are you making in them? What kind of cultural components are you teaching them? What expectations do you have for them? And, and have you made that clear or is that just a conversation over coffee with a job description? Because if that's the case, you haven't set them up fully, you're not prepped, you're not ready to do an internship. Anything you would think you would do in an internship, put it in the leader development track first and then move them up, and then all of a sudden you're gonna have so many people and so many of your positions are gonna be filled with great people, you're like, we gotta do, we gotta do an internship, we gotta do an apprenticeship program. Yeah, organizations are iterative, if you will. Pastor Chris didn't say there will be a college and it, and it happened overnight. Highlands College started as a small intern program that grew into a bigger intern program that turned into an intern program with an apprenticeship program, an apprenticeship program that turned into an extended pr apprenticeship program, which turned into a two-year college, which, right? So I could keep going, but so. 45. Awesome. That's so good. You're so good. Um, so um, another quick thought about that, and then we're going to go into Q&A because we're so excited to be on time. But, uh, Another quick thought. Yeah. Um, That's I have, great. That's great. Don't You did. have the time. Um, is, so on the, we talk about those layers of leadership. The one thing that we continue to see, I've done it, I learned from it, I'm trying to help you with it so it doesn't happen to you, is 
we get, especially at the director level, whatever you call it, the highest level of volunteer leadership. And you may have some, some of the, you know, you may have somebody who's leading, I've had volunteer directors that are leading, you know, 3,000 volunteers, if you will, um, at Elevation. So they can be big positions, so you need great leaders to fill them. And here's what happens sometimes is you say, I know this person, they're awesome because they're a whatever, they're a high level leader at, at a big company, they're great, they know how to build teams, and that's all great. I would just caution you, caution you to say, make sure that when you're filling those positions, especially the farther up the volunteer ranks that you get, especially at the director level, you have to make sure that people fit your culture. So there's culture and there's competency, right? So we see somebody and we go, and there's a place for everybody. So I don't want you to hear any weirdness in this, like we're, you're not part of our culture, you don't belong here, you can't lead here. But I'm saying, so you can't wake up one morning and go, okay, we need, a, we're launching a campus, we need a campus pastor, which one of the directors are we gonna pick? And they are all killer, awesome, they're running their thing, but none of them really fit our culture. They're, they're not somebody we'd hire, I'm just being real here, that we would hire for staff, because staff takes a little bit different level of, of culture and depth and understanding to be able to reach the people that we're trying to reach, right? So it's really important to say, and it doesn't mean that you have to have only people that you would hire in those positions, but make sure a good rule of thumb is like 40% of your director level people should be people that if they said yes, you, you could hire them and you wouldn't flinch at all about any cultural issues or how they would fit or how they would prosper on your culture. And if you reserve for about 40%, it could be, a, depending on how fast you're growing, could be a little lower, a little higher, but you just don't want to, remember it's a developmental pipeline and it doesn't stop at volunteer. It keeps going to hopefully be your elite team person down the road, you know. You're, you're gonna, everybody's gonna, um, you know, continue to go through the, you know, the structure if you The good part about that is 40% are fluid through your pipeline. That means 60% is pretty stable, which you need as you multiply and as you grow. Because a location may birth a new location, right. and you need people who stabilize that location. And you need other people who are fluid and have moved in, in the, with the intention to move out. So keep keep that in mind. That's that's all. Yeah, and again, if it's you know, you just don't want to have people that you know wouldn't either accept the staff position or because otherwise you just you, that is your developmental pipeline. And it's if you get this right, you know, the whole idea and we you know, I evangelize leadership building leadership pipelines, but at the end of the day, if you could get this right, you've got a great pipeline and there's other things you can do in the out years after you do that, but it's like get this right and it'll do more than anything else to grow your church, it really will. Let's take some questions. Yeah, questions. Rapid fire. You call on people. Okay. Saw the hand first. So I saw Kelly not here at one point when you were at 4.1, so I'm not the only one who's dealing with this, which is good. Um, short of an electric shock collar, what do you, if you can put that slide back up? 4.1, sure. 4.1, what do you do when naturally the inclination, like I think you said, Philip, is to kind of be thinking and working through one layer below where you're actually supposed to be at? Leaders who tend to get into the mix, because yeah. we're like, I just gotta get in there. How do you keep your people and yourself from doing that? That's really great. Um, <laughs> You, yeah, there's baseball bats, there's, uh, what I would recommend is that you, and this is more in depth, this, we're talking structure for this one, 
but ongoing development, I would overlay this with the strategic ongoing development uh, rhythm. Okay, I'll call it a rhythm of development. Because oftentimes we develop leaders for the position, but then we don't keep developing them to grow in that position or grow to a new one. And by overlaying development with this means we're getting leaders in front of us regularly. We're able to have those kinds of conversations to remind them, hey, the other thing is, if a coordinator is not leading on the weekend, because they shouldn't be, you have a team leader leading, guess what, if I'm a coordinator of an area, I get to go first service a week, and I get to come up next to a leader and say, hey, how's it going this morning? What do you see is going on? What went great? What do you see is missing? Hey, I, do you see what I, do you think, do you see what I, I'm seeing? They, they've got their cell phone in their hand, right? What do you think a great conversation would be like to make sure that they reinforce the, the fact that we're hands-free? So I can come around a leader because a leader shouldn't be holding the door. If a leader holds the door and I move them away and the door's not being propped open. So, so by, coming, by having the margin to come around and have those developmental conversations, I can help keep their level of leadership at the, at the right lane. Yeah, I think some of those, and this is maybe the coach coming out of me, but I think sometimes you have to, you really have to set mentally, this is, just, this is a mental shock collar, if you will, is you have to say, you have to understand the consequences and really say, I'm going to literally, I'm, sometimes I even write these things out to just go, this is what will happen based on that behavior. And I line it out and I say, okay, if I dive down in, then I'm going to lose those leaders because I'm not spending enough time with them. And so I, I literally create kind of a doomsday scenario and I just I lock into that and say okay I need to I, we all come to these crossroads and say okay if I'm gonna make that decision I just have to be good with it because you can't live in the in-between meaning you can't have both you know my mom would say you can't have your cake and eat it too meaning yes you can make that decision but this is the consequences and as long as you understand the consequences which most of us again in your head you can think about those things and it's very powerful, though, to say, well, I could always do something about that. When you put it on paper or if you actually line it out, you'll, you'll find out you can't do something about that. So I think mentally, a lot of times, we allow ourselves to, like you're laying in bed at night or when you get up in the morning and you go, well, you figure it all out. But you really haven't done the math, if you will. So I always encourage people to say, sit down, draw that out for me in a few minutes and see how it works. And you'll quickly see it doesn't work, right? Hi. Um, so I, I got two questions. One is just uh, just to help me to understand when you say team leads um, specifically, is that just a person who uh, is is a is a body on site that's leading the team uh, for that service? Yes. Okay. That's what that's how we would define it. So gotcha. So a coordinator here. would be the one who actually schedules, and then the team lead like executes the team. Is that, I mean, just don't execute your team. Right, right, right. <laughs> I got you. I've so, wanted to. So, uh, you can, you can. Uh, I'm sorry, did I say that out loud? Uh, you can, when it comes to roles, you can almost divide up the roles uh, with it when it terms of, comes down to like who schedules, who doesn't. Again, I want to push leadership down. I want to push responsibility down. So I may say, hey, even if you're a team lead, you have the same team every two weeks. Schedule your, your team. You are going to be the one that needs to know who's there and who's not there. Um, but yes, 
The coordinator is the person who's responsible for that area of ministry for your location or for your church. So I may be the parking coordinator. All parking comes up to me. If there's an issue in parking that I can't resolve with my, that's not being resolved on the weekend with a team lead, it's my responsibility. Okay. Yeah, it, well, really, okay. that, that poses the okay. question. I'm sorry. That just helped me to understand because I think my language is a little different just simply sure. because we actually call our coordinators team leads. And it just, oh, okay. yeah. just you know, sure. but anyway, I'm just sure. trying to understand. So yep. what, what, what happens when you have coordinators who are all, all in the same place but then there, there becomes a time when, um, when that, a, quarter, a coordinator become, needs to become a director who is now leading previous, other coordinators who they were serving along beside. Yes. Mm -hmm. and, and how do you navigate that so with grace and with, you know, like, hey, we were, we were right. you know, by, side by yep. side, but now Perfect. I'm leading you. you want to answer that? Install. Okay. So, so I think... One of the Excellent. <laughs> Quick, yeah. we've got, we've got. So, um, one of the issues you're going to always be faced with is helping people understand where you're going, right? And it's not always going to be, you know, boxes um, on the org chart. It's certainly an important piece of it. But one of the things I think, especially from day one, is to say development's going to happen. There's the speed of the church. There's the speed of your development. And you don't know how fast either of them is going to go. Both hopefully will go well. So I always say to make it really, it's really important to make your culture and to portray your culture and communicate it to your people from the beginning to say, we are going to either um, position leaders under you, next to you, or over you. And all three are honorable, all three are, you know, so if, if I, for example, if I am a great leader, but I met someone that could do my role better than I can do my role, the greatest contribution I could make to the church, and I'd be proud to make it, is to say, this person should come on board and I should report to them. If your leadership is out, if your leadership is growing as fast or faster than the level of play, if you will, at the church, then we're going to build underneath you. If you're keeping up, we're probably going to build next to you. And if you're, you know, if it's outstripping you, which is, which is just fine, it really is. It doesn't mean I'm not concerned about developing you more and faster, but it's like we all have our own potential. We never know what that full potential is going to be. We have, God knows our total capacity and the difference between where we are now and our total capacity is our potential, right? And we don't know what that is. No, you know, God doesn't size that for us. So your job is to be trying to close the gap every day. But the reality is when you launch day one, you're going to have seven or eight people that are in a flat, you know, and then turn the clock forward five years. One of those original people might be running load in, load out. The other one might be the executive pastor. And I'm t here to tell you the thing nobody does is to explain that up front, lay out a future structure, and here's what happens around 18 months, I, who knows, 18 months, two years, three years. When that separation starts to happen, then again, we're back to the seeds of resentment because I used to just be able to be on the team. You know, next to, you know, I used to ring pastor up and stop by the house and ask him a question. Now I'm two layers deep. What happened here? I used to be on the lead team. So it's like you have to set that culture, talk about why it's there, and then everybody can operate within that. So that's a good principle. The practical piece is on a leader night, you bring that leader up, 
you lay hands on them and you install them as a leader. There's something that happens when leaders see somebody who was their peer literally carry the weight of the ministry at the next level. There's a submission that tends to happen. Uh, I think we got probably one one more. Go ahead. Oh. Lady. All right. So you had a slide up that showed week one, week two, the, basically the schedule model of sure. what you would do to schedule all of the Dream Team and volunteers. We live at the nation's capital, our church. So our Dream Team is made up of government people, officials, soldiers, military, career-oriented people. Their travel schedules are not made up by them. They're told their travel schedules. Yep. Could you speak to a type of scheduling model, because I really like it, that could work for us? I would go deeper rather than wide. So I would say I'd keep a similar schedule, one that's, that allows for flexibility, but at the same time, by going deep and saying, if I'm a team lead, I have a code leader. Because I know the inconsistency, inconsistency of my own schedule, I've raised up people that can be here this last weekend when I wasn't able to be there this last weekend to carry that, which just means you have to double down on creating more uh, leaders to fill that or to backfill that as the inconsistency happens. Uh, oftentimes if you go more of like a, a gun, sh you know, a shotgun approach, it's like, hey, who's available this week? And it's this random, it doesn't actually become a team. You actually lose a lot of the consistency of seeing the same people, serving with the same people, praying with the same people, more of that family or connection time. So I'd say just go deeper. Just raise up more leaders to, to fall. It's two Ds, really. Yeah, it's go deeper and then it's to, to you got to double down on development too, because development would be um, is so is so critical because of um, being able to uh, raise people up. You're always going to have a secondary all the way down the line. So if, if the other thing is, if I'm a coordinator, I think right now most coordinators are like, I need to be there every month. It's what Philip said earlier. It's like I'm hands on. I've got to do the work. If you're raising people up that the only people doing the work are the team leads and their and their people, then those other layers really don't, if I'm not there Sunday, great things happen because I've developed my people. So if you raise that that mindset of development up, it's really the secret weapon because then people detach, I'm there, I'm telling people what to do. It really forces them to develop their team. Like if I'm not going to be there, my team leads need to know how to execute the plays. So. Um, I said that we can make these available. If you yeah. go to focus412.com, there's going to be a little pop-up. We've got a, a resource called 3M. If you just give us your email, you'll get that resource. And then within nice. 24 hours, nice. we'll send you these slides. Awesome. So anybody that gives us their email in the next 24 hours, we'll send you. And we're not going to send you emails. We, 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 really we really won't. We're not going to send you emails, bug you. It's no, 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 no guarantee. Hey, this is not we're bugging or hassling. Can I get a witness on that? Yeah. Hey, one one last question, Philip. Where are you on staff? Uh, I'm not on staff, so we're, I, I'm okay. here with Phil full-time, but we, we attend Passion City Church over gotcha. in Atlanta. Yeah, sure. Help, help lead at what we would consider coordinator level and nice. uh, lead, lead leaders and lead teams leaders for yeah. fun. Our whole team is um, full-time at what we do. Um, and we great. think that's a, a, a big deal just because we want to, you know, kind of think about stay awake at night and really wrestle with the same things you're wrestling with. But we've also been on staff at churches and are all, and all volunteer, if you will. So like, these guys do coaching on-site and online. Sign up. 
I'm just saying. Sign out. Can we give them a shout out? Thanks a lot. They were awesome. Uh, what was it? Design for the future and adapt for the present. I am taking that home with me. Jesus, thanks for today. Bring us back tonight for an awesome session. Hey, the doors open at six. All right, session starts at seven.